This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, family, I'm really, really excited to be able to share with you this morning. And as we said, we're going to be doing the part five of the book of James, which we've been teaching in the evenings. So we decided to do that this morning for you. Praise God. Are you happy about that? Well, I want to say a very big thank you to Apostle Fee and Dr. Bear for this opportunity. And if we could just bow our heads for a moment in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your amazing presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you embraced your children this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that, that I know, Lord, I can do nothing in my own strength. And Holy Spirit, I know you are the teacher. And thank you, Lord, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would take this word to the hearts of every person this morning, that you teach us this morning, Lord, that you change us this morning, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we believe it. And everyone said, Amen. Well, I'm going to do just a little bit of a recap on the book of of James. And and that is that, you know, because we decided several weeks ago that we really want to go through this book, and James really opens the book by saying, James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So this book, it's really what I want you to see, this book was actually written to a church who were not able to meet. They were actually not able to gather together yet. It was really a, a time of, of a season of persecution, a trying time, family. You know, that they were not only scattered geographically, but emotionally in their hearts scattered as well. And James, just to give you a bit of background, James is a half-brother of Jesus, and he kind of has this dilemma now of being the pastor of this Jerusalem church where you had the Jews persecuting the Jewish Christians as well as the Gentile Christians, and then you had Paul starting his apostolic ministry in the Greek Isles, and everybody saw the Jerusalem church as being the mother church. So James writes this very, very practical book. and It's only five chapters. You can literally read it in about 15 minutes. It's just so practical. But I really think that it speaks to the season that we find ourselves in right now. And really, I'm just going to warn you straight up that you may want to lift your toes off the floor because he's already stepped on mine quite a bit. In fact, family, I tell you something, God is so good that, you know, he always corrects us in a way that is just so, such a blessing to us, amen. Now, you've been warned, but don't go anywhere, okay, because we're really going to be talking about today. Let me give you a, a big drum roll is what I need. Bah! Let me show you the taming of the tongue, amen. <laughs> so it starts really in chapter 3. We're going to be spending quite a bit of time there, but I want to just go back to one verse that we already covered in um, chapter 1, and that is, James 1 and verse 26, it says, If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. I mean, he doesn't exactly beat around the bush, does he, Pastor James? I mean, maybe I should just do the article right now. But I'm sure you will agree that we are living in probably one of the most vicious cultures ever. I mean, where people will just about say anything to anybody. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're in authority or not, what age they are. It just doesn't matter, man. They just like, you know, blah, 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 blah. They just throw it out there. 
We are in a generation of commenting and saying what I think the moment that I think it. And we're going to find that's not a very safe place to be. In fact, as we break down these 12 or 13 verses that, that apply to the subject in chapter 3, we're really going to see that, that James shows us, shows us three things that really show us the power of the tongue. And, and I'll tell you straight up, God takes this a lot more seriously than we do. And, and I think sometimes, you know, <laughs> we as Christians, we tend to put sins in categories, you know. We, we have these massive sins, like, like murder and adultery, and we put them in this pile over here, and we're like, I'll never do that. <laughs> and then, family, there's this kind of a gray pile over here, you know, like, like those little white lies and exaggerating and flattery and, and boasting. Well, actually, you know what? God has these in a far bigger pile. In fact, there's one place in the Bible that he says, there's six things that I absolutely hate. And for me, three of them, half of them are to do with the tongue. And when you go to the book of Proverbs, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of wise sayings, and most of them are about the tongue. Old Testament and New, this is a big deal to God. So James kind of breaks it down, and there are these three things that he teaches us that really speak about the power of the tongue. Now, if you're a note-taker here today, you want to jot these down. If you're not a note-taker, you want to jot these down. Because <laughs> number one is, my words determine my direction. Now, we may not even realize that, but we are, now, right now, today, the words that we have received that people have spoken over us, good and bad, we are the sum total, really, of our relationships and the words that those people have said over our lives. In fact, family, we tend to become that which the most influential person in our lives said we would become. And we may not have even realized it, but we received those words. And it's kind of set a course for our lives. And it's very, very true. Both the words that we've received, as well as the ones that we have spoken and are saying, can actually set the course of what our lives look like which makes it very, very important because I know you care about where your life's going to end up. Watch this now. We're seeing James, and as I said, we're going to be spending time in chapter 3. Verse 3 says, We can control a very, very large horses by putting a small bit into their mouths. By controlling their mouth, we can turn the whole animal. Family, whatever this word whatever direction we want it to go. And then he gives us another example. He says, we'll take ships as an example. A tiny rudder makes this huge ship, this massive, massive vessel turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So you may be pushing and wishing to go in a certain direction, but it is the rudder that is determining where it is going to go. And I know that's true of my own life. Now, I didn't allow many, but I allowed some negative words to land. And I had to deal with those at some point in my life. 
But for the most part, I was very, very blessed, very fortunate. I mean, I had wonderful people really speaking into my life. I mean, frequently, my dad would tell us that he loved us and that he believed in us. And he was strict, especially when my mother got him all fired up. Oh, they wanted things done in a certain way, right? But for me, he was always very protective, very kind, and always encouraged us. And then there's not only the words that we've received, but then it's also the words that we speak. And I'm just thinking really now about the stories of the Old Testament, you know, when, when, about the children of Israel, when, when Moses brought them out of Egypt. And I mean, God gave them food from heaven called manna. But when they got sick of the food, they started complaining about what God had given them. And they started saying, oh, how we miss the leeks and the garlic and the onions and all the other stuff in Egypt. Family, do you know that not one of them ended up in the promised land? And here's the thing, that that's not even what God intended for them. Because of their complaints, because of their tongues, because of their mouths, they set a course for their lives. And I'm just thinking about young people. And if I can just speak to some young people right now, if you just listen to this old man, I'll tell you right now, you've got to be careful what you say about your parents. Yeah, but if you met them, you'd say the same. No, family, watch what happens. In Proverbs 20, verse 20, it says, If someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. The lamp is that thing that directs your life. God's word is a lamp unto my feet. It lights up my path. Do you know that we will miss the direction for our life if we are known to be a person who curses our parents? Yeah, but they're just terrible. I mean, they don't even love God. It doesn't matter. You honor your father and your mother. Amen, everybody? Think about the children of Israel. Once again, going into, into, into the promised land. Remember they decided to send out 12 spies, one from every tribe, to go into to Canaan to see if they could take it. And the Bible says that 10 of them came back with a negative report, or I like to call it a negative confession. And by the way, some of us have had a negative confession about this year. You know, Pastor, look at 2021. It looks even worse than 2020. I mean, this is just going to be the worst year ever. Well, it probably will from the moment we prophesied. Amen. I'm serious, family. Have a look here. Numbers 13. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Come and say those words in yellow with me. For we are well able. Yes, we are. I'm trying to fire you up here, because I'm telling you, in 2020, I saw a lot of long faces around, right? The coronavirus. And yes, I'm living in the same world that you are. Listen, I've lost family members during this time. But family, I've also had a lot of loved ones come through with amazing testimonies. So I've decided I am going to be a well-able kind of person. Anybody with me? Amen. I'm just saying we have a choice. I mean, we can change the direction of our lives, of our year. But let's, let's have a look. 
you know, this, the men who had gone up with him, have a look here, sorry, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than me, than we are. I'm just not going to be a not able kind of person. I mean, let me say it this way. We shape our words, but then our words shape us. Amen? And that's very, very true. Family, I, I can tell you right now, James is teaching us those things. So let's have a look over here. Number two, my words can destroy what I have. He teaches us that our words actually have destructive power. They, they can destroy everything. I mean, you never have to pick up a fist or a gun. You can do it right here. He's trying to raise this awareness of what we throw around so loosely can actually destroy our career, our family, our children, our future. Have a look at this in, in verse 5. He says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. I saw in the news recently, I read about the Barrydale Fire. Anybody saw that? Sweeping, in, it was in the Western Cape, sweeping over the Oberberg into the town of Greater. Let me tell you all the areas that I just love. Family, it was just terrible. It was threatening farms and the Barrydale town. And, and a young man actually lost his life in this battle. It was just terrible. All started with a tiny spark. It just takes one little spot that maybe nobody even noticed. That thing burned for over two weeks from something that lasted less than a second. And I wonder sometimes those less than one second sparks that just fly out of our mouths. We don't think about really how much destructive power is, is going out. And he goes on to say that the tongue is also a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. And then he gets really, really passionate here. Watch this. He says, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on, on fire by hell. <laughs> he, just, he just throws it out there. <laughs> I mean, and I, I really I think there's something, we want to leave this place today with one great takeaway to this that this thing is way more powerful than, than we realize. Amen? Let's understand, really, that we live in a culture of, of, that always encourages us to, to comment and comment and comment again. And, and I just think it's becoming really toxic. It's actually become the new peer pressure. So I'm right. But you know what? We don't need to hear it over and over and over again. In fact, if we follow the Bible's instructions, jot down these two words, duration and direction. You see, family, how much we say and what direction it goes is very, very important. So the Bible really says that we must keep it limited. I mean, in chapter 1, we also saw that it says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Slow to speak. <laughs> Let it be really slow you know, Apostle Theo is such a great example of that. You know, he weighs up every word before he says it. Amen? Have a look in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. It says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible 
and keep your mouth shut. Neither are my fridge, actually. <laughs> Seriously, family, I mean, have you ever kind of been in a conversation and the next thing maybe a person or a church or a company comes up in the conversation and then you find yourself agreeing with a whole bunch of criticism and then starting to speak a whole lot of negative stuff and then afterwards you realize and then you just got to pick that phone up right away. Let me do that again. She picked that phone up right away. I'm showing my age here. But you've got to say, I should not have said that. I should have kept those comments to myself. Please forgive me and hope that there's not further gossip that's gone out with your name on it. And I think, family, we ought to get back into that mode. Instead of just saying everything we think, just less words are better. Now, one verse says that where words are many, Sin is not absent. So let's be careful. Not only the duration and the amount, but also the direction. So let me say it this way. I'm not saying that you have to like everything. I'm just saying that what you don't like does not have to go in every direction. Let me say it again. It's okay not to like some stuff. Right? We are all free to have a better idea. But make sure that that comment goes in the right direction. Because if it doesn't, if we just send it out to a bunch of people who can't do anything about it, it is going to just cause strife and division. So a negative report, we want to go up with it. Make sure it heads up in the right direction. Otherwise, it turns into gossip. And sometimes we do not agree with stuff. But if we put it in the wrong direction, it actually turns into something very toxic. And the way we actually say it is this, is pass negatives up and praise down. And I think this is just, just really a great way that we can, we can add value to our lives and, as we do this. But here's the kicker, really. Now, here's what I want to show you that James really, really teaches. And I think it brings it to this time in the service where it's not just about receiving the teaching family, but where we really experience the power and the presence of God that can change our lives. Because number three is, my words always reveal my heart. My words really reveal what's going on deep on the inside of me. My words reveal my heart. You see, what's coming up out of the bucket is what was down in the well. We have a bunch of nasty language, condemning, criticizing, putting people down. This could be there's something going on in our hearts. Now watch how James puts it in verse 9. He says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. It's almost like a war that's going on, you know. We come to church and we love God and we praise God. And then what? We go home and we get on the phone and go, Oh, did you see Sons? Oh, did you hear about that one? Ba 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 on the phone. These are people who have been made in God's likeness. So first of all, what we said is about someone God loves. Now watch where he goes next. He says, Out of the same tongue come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And then it almost looks like a brand new topic. But verse 11, he says, Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? You see, springs in the Bible were always about what goes on in the inside of us. Springs are a metaphor for the heart in Scripture. He carries on, he says, 
My brothers, my sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? And then he says it again. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And what is he saying here? He's saying, family, that the real problem isn't my tongue, it's my heart. That if, if we have some this filthy, negative, criticizing kind of language coming out, don't just work on some things that we're talking about today, but we really have to ask God to have a look inside our hearts. I mean, I like that because you know what? God can fix that. In verse 7, we read all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. What an amazing statement is that anyway? He says, you're not going to be able to do this on your own, right? No human being can tame the tongue, which means only God can. In fact, the tongue left alone without God, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Family, so what do we do? I'm going to give you three things that I really believe can be life-transforming. You see, when we teach up here, I mean, we have a choice. We can give you a whole bunch of things that you can try during the week and see if it works for you, or we can leave this place today knowing that God has done a work on the inside of us. Amen? So the first thing that we can focus on is this, is allow God to change my heart. I mean, I don't know if you've ever maybe um, tried to witness to somebody <laughs> that comes at you with all this logic, right? And here's what I like to say. The fact is, I can try and convince you of any argument, and I may or may not succeed, right? The truth is, I don't need to explain something to you to try and convince you. You need to experience something. Then no one can convince you otherwise. That's Christianity. Amen. The real problem is not my tongue, it's my heart. Amen. If my heart doesn't change, it doesn't, I'm not trying to be ugly. It doesn't really matter how much church I've got inside of me. Christianity is if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. The old is gone, the new has come. Family, because God does a work inside of us. You know what I'm talking about. Now, I love this verse because it kind of brings the whole thing together. Great verse to quote. And it's in Hebrews 8 and verse 10. It says, This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put the laws, I will put my laws in their hearts, in their minds, write them on their hearts. Sorry, I'm staring at a weird angle here. In other words, you're not going to be this piece of paper that says, No, don't do this. Yes, you can do it. No, 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 don't do this. Family, it's, it's all on the inside of us. In other words, it's not what you have to do. It's who we've become. We are human beings, not human doings. He carries on, he says, I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they have to teach their neighbor or so do one another know the Lord because they will all know me. They're going to be in a relationship with God says, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And you guys right here, you're such a blessing. You just love to be a part of the church, and, and we, we're so blessed by you being with us every single week. But I want to tell you something. Many people are trying to be a good person. I'm saying let go, let God. We have to be transformed. 
But here's the thing. Henry, we've got to ask him to keep doing it every day. Right? In fact, I'm going to give you an assignment, something that you can do this week, okay? And it's really, if you want to write this down, Psalm 19 and verse 14, I mean, we know this very, very well, and it goes like this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Now, first of all, what I want you to see is those two are connected. You can never separate what's coming out of my mouth from what's in my heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And here's what I've noticed. And I've known the Lord for many, many years. And I've shared this with you before. But I've found, family, that I've still got to get up every single day and I've got to say, Lord, I need to get my heart right with you. I've shared with you my 10,000 reasons to get an attitude of gratitude. I need to get my heart right. And I know if I get my heart right with you, it's going to affect everything I do today, the way I speak to people, the way I, I, I treat people. You see, preparing this message, I mean, my prayer is, Lord, <laughs> I need words for your people who I know have been beat up by life, by, by the news, by things happening in their families. family. And, and I said, Lord, I, I need you to do a work on the inside of me that I can bring victory to your children today so that I can look you in the eye and say, Rodney, it's going to be okay. God's got this. Give me words that are pleasing, not only to God, but to God's children, so that I can encourage you today. So that's your assignment for this week, right? Imagine if every one of us did the same every day. Get my heart right so I can go with words of wisdom. But family, I have to tell you this, that prayer time on its own is not enough because number two, put a filter on what I allow in my heart. I, what am I going to allow to enter into this heart that I've just made clean before the Lord? There's no way... <laughs> Look in my eyes here. Okay, there's no way that we are going to be able to maintain this if we're going to allow negative people, negative movies, negative gaming, negative music to come in. I mean, honestly, we are polluting our souls and then we're wondering why this negative stuff is coming out of us. And Jesus explained it in Matthew chapter 12. He says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now watch what he says here. He says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. So hats off to you guys that are here this morning because you are receiving good thoughts, good encouragement from the Word of God. But also we have to be careful because he continues, he says, and the evil man brings forth evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And, and I'm just saying to you, I mean, I don't need to be your Holy Spirit right? What in your life could possibly be storing up evil? And you're wondering where this negative stuff is coming from. See, in Proverbs 4, verse 22, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So we can do this last thing. We can actually see ourselves walking out here today as agents of God that we can really bring life to a world out there that's full of death. And we just have to make this decision. I'm going to be one of those people that speak words of life 
other people and family consider you go to work or school tomorrow and people look at you and they're like, whoa, what happened to you? And you can say, I went to church. And I've just, that's what happened to me. And I've decided that I am going to, instead of cutting people down, instead of tearing people down, man, I am going to be speaking words of life over people. And I'll tell you something, if each and every one of us did that every day, we can change our world. We can leave, out of, leave this place today and realize this is our calling. And then the last one I want to share with you is decide to speak words of life. And, and really, um, as we close, I want to just give you five words that, that we can use. And the first one is words of affection. And what I mean is, is specifically is don't be afraid to say to somebody, I love you. I'm praying for you. I love you. And I've noticed that there are just some people who just don't say it, or maybe they can't say it. You know what I mean? You, you kind of say to them, you know, I love you. And they're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> but family, just dig a bit deeper, because I can tell you right now, that person is protecting themselves. Something happened. And what they don't realize is it's in giving love that your heart's going to mend. So just keep saying it, I love you. And seriously, family, our mom and dad, Apostle C and Dr. Beth, they say it to us all the time. We love you, and we are proud of you. Maybe we just need to hear that. I mean, but sadly, many of us have underestimated how much our spouse needs to hear us saying, I love you. Our children need to hear us say, I love you. Do you know that that's what the Father God said to his son Jesus? I mean, we only have the words of the Father to His Son Jesus in two conversations, twice in Scripture, but they talked every day. And I mean, the one was at the baptism, the other one was the Mount of Transfiguration, but they were both the same, same words. So I conclude that's what the Father said to His Son every day. I'm going to show it to you. Here's the baptism story. Okay, it says, At that moment the heavens were opened, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on Him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Family, a voice from heaven saying, You're my son, and I love you, and I'm proud of you. You're my son. Now I have sons. I mean, I love saying that to them. I love them. I'm proud of them. Their wives, my grandchildren, they say to me, We know, Nana, you love us and you're proud of us. You're my church family. And I love you. And we need to get back to this. There's enough commenting on social media posts and Facebook. And I think a lot of stuff maybe that doesn't really need to be, be said. So that's words of affection. How about this one? Words of praise. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of praise that, that we give to God. Only he is worthy of that. I'm talking about a word in season. In Proverbs, we, we see this. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. When you say the right thing, the Bible says it's like apples of gold in settings of silver. That's both beautiful and it's valuable. My family, I want you to know, you are beautiful. You are valuable. And then number three is words of encouragement. You see, I, I'm trying to do this today. I'm trying to instill some courage in you because I know it's tough out there. But you know what? I've read the last chapter of the Bible, man, and we win. You are on the winning side. 
Amen. So I want to try and instill some courage on the inside of you. In Ephesians, we see this. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. In other words, family, everything we say is either going to build somebody up or it's going to tear them down. Right? Choose to build people up. And then how about this one? Words of healing. You see, I've seen just too many deaths lately. But I can tell you, family, I've seen broken families and how the right words have just lifted their little broken hearts. And Apostle Theo's messages on heaven have just been so encouraging. We also have a, free, a freedom course to help people that are going through these times of mourning. And in Proverbs 15, we see the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. And, and here's the one that probably my favorite, but also probably the hardest, which is words of faith. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, things that the evidence of things not seen. And, and I think maybe we're just talking a little bit too much about the things that we see. Instead of telling people about what and who they can become. See, everybody knows who they are. We, we don't have to remind them of that, but rather tell them who they could be. That's what God does. He doesn't look at our past. He looks at our potential. And that's what we do every, every week. We never want to tell you who you are. I mean, not like Moses in the desert. He called them a bunch of rebels. And God wasn't, wasn't happy with him about that. But we, need to, we don't need to hear that we, we're a bunch of sinners. <laughs> we all know what we did this week, right? We need to hear that we can know God, that we can find freedom, that we can discover our purpose, and we can make a difference. Family, in Romans, we read, Abraham is our father in the sight of God in whom he is believed. The, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So we're not going to speak about who we are, but rather who we can become. So let's make a decision this morning that we are going to speak God's words, that we are going to speak blessing, that we are going to speak encouragement to every person that we deal with. Can I just pray for you a moment? Just bow your heads for a moment. Father, I'm just praying for every single person right here in the auditorium, in all the other venues, Lord, that we don't just pick up some tips, people online, on how we... We don't just pick up these tips on how we can be better with our mouths, but, Father, that we would really leave here today empowered, inspired, changed, impacted by the power of your word, that we would really go out as, as vessels of blessing to a broken, curse-filled world. And, God, I, I speak over every single believer on this camper and those online, Father. And thank you, God, that I just pray that you would... Give us wisdom, Lord, that we would know the power of our tongues, that we would use them to make a difference in this week, in our lives, and every day, wherever we are, in the name of Jesus. I just want to ask every head to remain bowed, every eye closed. And I just want to ask you today that just maybe you've heard this word today and you've said, you know, I've never experienced my life being completely transformed. And I've tried to live a life which is according to the word, I've tried to do things 
but I need to have my heart changed, that you've never made Jesus the, the Lord of your life, I want to ask you in a few moments, I'd like to pray with you, and I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand. He said to you, I'm going to ask you this morning just to raise your hand up because God can change that. He can flood your soul with his presence. Or maybe you have been serving God and you just think, you know, that's why I'm just not getting on top of this. I'm just never able to get to that point where there's just that freedom. Well, family, we would love to pray with you again. Maybe you're just not sure if you're going to be spending eternity in heaven. We would love to pray with you as well. So if that's you, any one of those three, you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, or you want to be certain that you are going to be spending eternity in heaven with God, I'm going to ask you if you would just raise your hands at the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise your hands right now. If you guys in the venue, just raise your hand up real high, right down the auditorium. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Thank you, my Jesus. Thank you, my Jesus. There's like a battle going on in your heart right now. You're just saying, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. The devil will do anything he can to stop you from raising your hand this morning. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to just ask everybody to just say this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you that you have paid the price for me to be free. Thank you that you have forgiven my sins and I've now become a child of God. Help me to walk in your ways. Help me to, to be with you every day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have forgiven my sins and I forgive those who have sinned against me. In Jesus' name, I am now a child of God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.